It is time for your latest Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso with Clay Ferrero this week, and we have got Clay special draft edition, NFL draft edition of the Miami Sports Pod. Of course, that will include plenty of talk about the Dolphins. And then I think what everyone, I think everyone probably in, in Florida for sure, maybe in the country has been waiting for, and that's our first round mock draft. I, I think everyone on this earth I has think been everyone, waiting for our there are people in europe that are probably excited about this mock draft which we by the way haven't even talked about and we're just going to go ahead no i'm just kidding we you're look, really big in italy by the way thank you we have and just to set it up number one clay and i are always talking about the draft we are always looking at projections and mock drafts and texting each other did you see this one did you see that one do you like this player and talking to people so i i say it jokingly but we are going to do a mock draft a little bit have some fun with the first round I am not the kind of person, though, Clay, that could sit here and go, let's do seven rounds, even the Dolphins draft. Because, look, after the first 25, 30 players, you run into who knows what people are going to do. And I think we can go with theories on what the Dolphins may do. Funny How thing about is, that? one of my uh, roommates in college was very big. He would do all seven rounds, and I used to make fun of him. And then I became that guy. You became so, that guy. You would, oh, if, you, if we had time, you would do seven rounds right now. By the way, before we get into any rounds, remember our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money or car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium. Pembroke Pines. All right, so we'll get to the draft part in a moment as far as our mock draft. Let's get to the Dolphins part of it, though, and who Miami may be targeting at 13, or more importantly, Clay, what Miami may be targeting with 13 on whether they're going to trade out of that spot, maybe acquire more picks, which you and I both agree is possible. Look, Chris Greer uh, talked to the media this week, and in typical Chris Greer and any general manager fashion, he said nothing, which he should. You don't need to give away your draft secrets. That, that's what I, any good GM will feel like he had a good news conference if you walk away and say, I have no idea what they're going to do. And I think that's kind of – although I will say this, I felt like Chris Greer gave us a few things that typically a GM doesn't want to give you any mm-hmm. – it's not going to give away any plans, but I thought the to- story that he told about the lineman who may or may not be Jawan Taylor of yeah. the Florida Gators came in for a pre-draft visit and he talked to him about, hey, I, I saw you going up against a top 10 team and you were dominating him. Then you went up against Appalachian State, go up against a guy my size and you were getting beat. Why is So that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that he mentioned there are five elite defensive lineman Mm -hmm. going into this and the other one that I thought was interesting was when he was asked directly do you think there is a franchise quarterback in this draft and his response was "Uh, there could be yeah I I think that those kind of things tell you now could it all be a smokescreen could they think that there's only two elite Mm -hmm. defensive line could they think that there are five sure there there could absolutely be a smokescreen there but I kind of walked away thinking most of what we thought was going to happen or was going on behind closed doors is kind of what it is. Yeah, and and I agree. And I think with the bottom line is this. I think, you know, the two things that stood out to me were the lack of saying anything of real substance, and and that's fine. Again, we we appreciate that, but I I also think the the fact that it's it, that he mentioned and again, this is more toward the historical perspective of the Dolphins the last few years, mentioned that he's run the last three drafts, that he's made the decisions in the last three drafts. I thought that was interesting because given that Mike Tannenbaum had the overseer role and Adam Gase obviously had a role as his input as the head coach uh, 
Chris Greer kind of hinted like, hey, I've been doing this. You know, I've been doing this. This isn't my first draft like people want to kind of say that I'm the head guy. I've kind of been working along with this. And I had a conversation during the week with uh, with Brian Flores about the draft process and being in alignment with Chris Greer. And it was interesting because he said, look, Chris and I may not agree on everything, but we're pretty close and aligned in the type of player we're looking for. So I don't think you're going to see a situation where – Guys are really where you have Adam Gase, Mike Tannenbaum, Chris Greer in in theory and in many other ways, just three completely different people trying to oversee who's going to who's going to be the Dolphins draft pick like the last few years. I think you see Chris Greer and Brian Flores really be in alignment toward the type of player that they want. And I thought it was interesting how Greer answered the question about being in charge the last three years, because he also gave the caveat. I'm not going to force a player on a coach. And and the way he described it, by the way, I thought was really interesting. He said it creates animosity and mistrust because, say, you go with the player that the coach wanted. Well, then as a GM, if that player fails, then you're thinking, I told you so, I told you so. And the reverse is also yeah. true. If If the player that you want to be chosen is picked – then the coach is sitting there thinking, I told you so, I told yeah, you so, if he fails. So he said it really doesn't do any good because you're both rooting for yourself to ultimately be right while at the same time hoping that the team does well. So, I, again, I, I walked away from that thing. Yeah, he didn't really give us anything as far as strategy goes, but every time Chris Greer talks, Will, I, I, I find myself, you know, <laughs> except unless it's something where it's just a complete non-answer like all GMs do, I find myself saying, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That That's the way it should be. His, his views on the quarterback position yeah. where he says, yeah, look, I'm not going to keep myself from falling in love with the quarterback, but we're not going to take one because just to take one because if you yeah. do, then you set your franchise back. It's smart. Yeah, I'm glad you said quarterback because I want to get that part of the conversation out of the way before because I think both of us are in agreement, not that we have to agree in in our discussions over the Dolphins or in our mock draft picks, but I think we're both in agreement that this is probably not the draft the Dolphins take a quarterback in the first round. Now, let's get that part out of the way of the quarterback if they are to get one. There is this narrative that I'm tired of reading of if a quarterback drops to 13. See, that's all wrong. You can't, if you have your franchise quarterback, and let's face it, the Dolphins are looking for a franchise quarterback. The Dolphins aren't looking for a backup. The Dolphins don't have the situation covered the next few years, and they'll have a guy that they develop. They need a franchise quarterback, whether it's in this draft or, of course, next year's big quarterback draft, the whole tank for two, a discussion, all that stuff. If the Dolphins love a quarterback that much, you don't wait at 13. You try to you you make sure you get that quarterback. So if they're in love with Dwayne Haskins and they think other teams may take him, they'll have to jump into the top 10. Now, could Dwayne Haskins jump to thir- drop to 13? Could one of those you know, Drew Locke drop to 13? Daniel Jones, whoever these quarterbacks in this draft outside of Kyler Murray? Yes, it's a possibility. But if you're that in love, you don't want to just take a quarterback. Hey, look. Haskins drop, we sort of like him. Sure, let's pull the trigger at 13. No, you better be in love with that guy and know he's your future. So if that's the case, you probably better go ahead and move on up. We already discussed it on, on, on previous pods when we discussed the draft. Look at last year's draft. Every team that caught a quarterback in the first round moved up to get it. You know, the Jets made sure they got in this position to get Darnold. The Cardinals moved up to get Rosen. The Bills moved up to get Allen. We saw what the Ravens jumping back in to get Lamar Jackson. 
it's not a coincidence to me that these teams did that because they understand when you are in love with a quarterback and you want him, you better go get him. And no team in the NFL knows better than the Dolphins do how badly you can mess up your franchise for years if you get the wrong guy. It's a three- to five-year screw-up. Dave Gettleman, who you know I'm not a huge fan of with the Giants, their general manager, did say something. He said, you can't rush a quarterback because it's a three-year setback to your franchise. And he's right. It is. If you If the Dolphins take Dwayne Haskins because he's there – and it's just kind of an in-vogue pick because he was good in college and he's terrible, it will set back this franchise. Now, granted, they could always take two or from or someone next year if they get a top-five pick, but it's hard to double up on quarterbacks. The Cardinals are trying to do that uh, after you know getting a new regime and moving on from Josh Rosen, it appears. So, so what do you, where are you going? Well, so, so real quickly, let's paint the hypothetical scenario, yeah. right? Let's say the Dolphins go into this thing, and Chris Greer said, in his mind, there are five elite defensive linemen, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll go into who we think those may be in a second. But let's just say this is, again, hypothetical – the Dolphins go into this draft thinking there is one potential franchise quarterback, and it's Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and we think Kyler Murray's all, all, likely going to go I'm number one. Fan. Yeah, I think he'll go one. But let's say the other guys they're not certain about. Okay, but everybody else likes Drew Locke. Everybody else likes Daniel Jones. Everybody else likes Dwayne Haskins. If they're sitting there at 13, or even if they drop back a little bit, mm-hmm. and Murray's gone, but the rest of the quarterbacks are still there, then that goes back to your point. You don't just take one. You don't take the next best quarterback on your board just because. So you don't take a Dwayne Haskins, a Daniel Jones, a Drew Locke just because he's there. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, if Kyler Murray, and again, in our hypothetical scenario, they love Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray falls to two, to three, Oh, then the you race, start making the calls. On, yeah, the race is on to get there. And, and yeah. then, yes, and that's and that's when we sit here and we talk about just because the world likes a quarterback and just because you as a Dolphins fan like a quarterback. And because you need a quarterback? Yeah. It, it, that makes zero difference. It doesn't matter what Daniel Jeremiah, who I think is great. It doesn't matter what Gil Brandt, who I think is great, or or Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper. It does not matter what they think you about the quarterbacks. You forgot the Manso Ferrero. The, the Manso Ferrero. Ma- I love Dwayne Haskins. Everything that's going on now seems to Suggest indicate he's going to fall it. mid to late yeah. in the first round. But – all that matters is that the Dolphins are convinced about the guy they're going to take. And if that guy is yeah. not there this year, then you don't take one just to take one. So yeah, to your question about what I think they're going to do, I think they're going to hang around at 13. I don't think they're in love with any quarterback enough to move up. I think they're going to hang there at 13. And then when the 13th pick rolls around, if one of those elite defensive linemen is there and they don't get a, an incredible offer to move back that includes a 2020 first-round pick, then I think they're going to take one of those five defensive linemen that Chris Greer mentioned. If they get an offer, though, at that point to move back, which includes a 2021-2020 first-round pick, I think they will move back because then I think they'll feel really, really good about being able to move up and get their first-round quarterback next year. And that's the thing. It's acquiring assets. You may be saying, well, why do you – I mean, obviously, the obvious reason is it's great to have another first-round pick, but why do you want a first- or second-round pick? Because not necessarily you want to take that player next year, but because you know that if you end up with the fourth pick in the draft and the number one team – uh, doesn't need a quarterback and you want to make sure you get Tua or whoever it is you're in love with next year, then you could package the one that you just got this year and a two and a three and move up to one and get your quarterback of the future. Because at that point, when you can get your franchise quarterback, you don't worry about it. You just give it up and you move on. People laughed at the Bears a couple of years ago for their moves to jump up and get Mitch Trubisky, who a lot of people still don't buy into. But he had a really nice second year and they were a playoff team and they feel good about their future with them. So if you're the Bears, you're happy. You can't worry about what anyone else, else thinks. We go back as, you know, you 
go to the Eli Manning trade with the Giants. And look, I, we're, there's a million examples of teams going out and getting a quarterback. The Bills right now are ecstatic with Josh Allen. Yeah, he had some issues with the accuracy and those things, but the way he ran, his arm strength, his development of the season progressed. You look at Sam Darnold. You know, when he came back from injury, he looked like a number one pick, and he looked like the quarterback of the future. So you can't worry about draft picks when you can potentially get your quarterback for the next decade plus. My take on the Dolphins pick at 13 is similar to yours. You wait it out. You don't move forward. I don't think that, I agree with you. I don't think the Dolphins are in love with any of these quarterbacks, nor should they be. I really think outside of Kyler Murray, all the quarterbacks have a little bit too much of question marks to where you want to just jump at them because a couple of reasons. Number one is the mistakes you talked about. If you make a mistake with a quarterback, what it costs you. But I think, too, Clay, the problem with the Dolphins is the Dolphins aren't a quarterback away. They have so many places that they're looking to rebuild. And to me, as cliche as it sounds, you rebuild on those lines. And you say that to Dolphin fans and they roll their eyes and yell, oh, gosh, an offensive lineman, a defensive tackle. Are you kidding me? But those are the positions in the NFL. you got to be able to block. you got to be able to protect your quarterback. You've got to be able to penetrate and stop the run and get to the quarterback. To do that, you got to build on the line. So that leaves us at 13, one of those defensive linemen you mentioned leaves us at 13 with many other defensive players that will drop out of that top 10 range that are probably in that 8 to 15 range that they could end up getting a really quality player who you know that I like Christian Wilkins from Clemson I'm a mm -hmm. huge fan of his he's a guy that I think would be perfect I think you look at Andre Dillard offensive lineman I think you look at a guy like Jonah Williams offensive lineman mm -hmm. if he happens to slip uh, which I'm not sure he gets out of the top 10 because I think teams in, in need of, of line play would like him. But again, these aren't sexy names. These aren't players you look at and jump. You know, Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle from Florida. These aren't names that are going to make you run around the streets and clank your, your, your uh, pots and pans in celebration in the Miami streets. <laughs> but these are the type of players that I think can help the Dolphins. Uh, who are, in your mind, if you had to guess, the five defensive players that Chris Greer was referencing? Well, and I'm going to steal this off of NFL.com, but it's something that you and I have been talking about for a while. Again, for those of you that don't know, we are big-time geeks when it comes to this stuff. But I think it, the five guys, it's not a surprise when you see these five guys listed as the top five prospects mm -hmm. in the entire draft. Uh, but I think it's pretty obvious. It's Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, and Montez Sweat. Mm -hmm. And Sweat would probably be the only one of that group that could drop out of 10, I think. Yes, and it's because I think there was a little bit of question about, and you and I were talking about this yesterday, but uh, his performance against top competition. Mm -hmm. And part of that could be that when you go against really good teams, they have the personnel to kind of scheme up against Especially you. Especially when and, you're on a mediocre team yes. and you are the weapon. You are the person they need to stop. 100%. But I think those are the guys that, if one of them is there and the Dolphins don't get a, a miracle offer to move back, including a 2020 first-round pick, then I think that's where they're going to go. Otherwise, if they do end up trading back, and we'll see how our, our mock draft plays out, I think you're looking some of the guys. You've, I love Dillard. I, I think Andre Dillard is somebody who has started to rise up late in the process because he he. I've seen him in top ten in some mocks, and, and I think that could end up happening because he played in that funky Mike Leach offense, throw the ball all around the field. So you didn't get to see him do a lot of the things that you may see consistently in the NFL. But I think as teams have started to do their homework more, he's moved up a bit past your Jawan Taylor and guys like that so uh, that's a guy who really intrigues me a lot and if they end up trading down then someone like a Jonah Williams if he falls but I think he may go higher just because there aren't that many guard uh, Jawan Taylor again as we mentioned but th those are the types of guys that if they were Sean Gary if they were looking to stay Gary. with defense Gary's a guy who's uh, 
a lot of skill, a lot of freakish athleticism, but little production. And you always wonder how teams view a player who is that talented, yet the college numbers don't scream at you, especially playing at a big school like Michigan. But I think he's a fascinating guy that I've seen go as high as top five, but I've seen him be a guy that could drop out of the top ten because of those questions about his production. So I think those are all interesting names. I And to me, if you're a Dolphin fan, and I would assume that people who are listening to this are Dolphin fans, uh, there's nothing wrong with any of those guys. I, I don't think, like who's, you know the old saying, the remote thrower, which is silly now because most of us don't even carry a remote on us, but if you're, who's the what's the remote throwing <laughs> pick? You're, it's a phone throwing pick now because you're watching things on Twitter and your phone and stuff. What's the remote throwing pick to you that you say to myself, my God, really? Mm, you're talking about from the Dolphins From the Dolphins at 13, who would they take? And this is hard because I actually really like this, this player, but... Marquise Williams, uh, excuse me, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I don't think it's going to happen, by the way. Uh, but I'm going to say him and DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Met- Metcalf was mine. Metcalf, and as much as I love Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa, first of all, I think he'll go in the top 10. <laughs> how many I, tight I, ends would I, they you could they I, I mean, he's an amazing player, but how many tight ends can you get? I think him or Metcalf would be the ones that would make me throw the remote. I think, for me, my perfect Dolphins draft, because you and I, we're, we're doing this on the fly. I, I assume we're not going to project a trade down, right? We're not going to project I think we're staying down. out of trades. Look, it's impossible to predict. There will be. The chances of the first round going smoothly without a trade is, is pretty slim. And the Dolphins could very well be involved in that trade. But I think to sit there and predict trades is so hard. So, so since we're not going to do that, let me tell you my ideal Dolphin scenario. Mm-hmm. You get a call from the Giants at 17. You move back. Let's assume that Daniel Jones falls and is there at 13. The Giants want him. Locker Jones. Move back to 17, and I love Cleveland Farrell. And Mm -hmm. and I, I, because he he didn't run because of a turf toe, so he didn't run the 40. They don't have a laser time 40 for him. He is all out effort. He is a technician. By the way, production. Production. Can't argue with the production for years. And he has gotten lost on that defensive line with Clemson because they had so many other good players. But I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, as far as you put on the film, he is a guy. And and I'll admit, I follow him a little more closely because he's from the Richmond area. And he's the guy that I think he's not going to wow you with the combine stuff. But the production and getting into the NFL and being a really, really good player, kind of like a Cameron Jordan, yeah. someone with, with the Saints who can do everything. I think he's the type of defensive end that can do everything. So to me, that's the ideal. You trade back, you get a 2020 first round pick, and then you find a way to get Cleveland. Or, you know, it might end up being a second round pick if it's uh, that jumping just four in that sure, middle sure. may just be a second round pick either that year or the following year, which again, you as a Dolphin fan, I think would take because it's not like you're the chances of there being an elite prospect at 13. Look, as you mentioned, if one of those five, if Montez Sweat is there or if Ed, Al- Ed Oliver for some reason drops, people are, are concerned a little bit about his size. He's a little undersized, but then again, so was Aaron, Aaron Donald. But if, if they, one of those guys drops to 13, you just stay put and take them. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to move, I think the Dolphins' biggest hope is that a quarterback does slide. If teams start getting those quarterbacks early and these QBs don't slide, you know, Denver and Cincinnati pass on QBs, mm-hmm. all of a sudden those QBs start falling, then you could get a team like the Giants at 17 who have ammunition. They have 12 picks in this draft total, could say, hey, you know what, we do. We got our defensive stud at six. We need our QB of the future post-Eli. We love Drew Locke. We love Daniel Jones. Let's give up our second this year, a third next year, whatever, to move up four, a couple picks to move up. You're the Dolphins. You eat that up. Mm-hmm. I got a name for you that we haven't mentioned, and I'm curious because, again, the Dolphins need just about everything. I think we can agree on that. What about Greedy Williams if they go in that direction? Mm-hmm. Greedy's a guy who's kind of dropped. He was a guy that four months ago was a potential top 10 pick. 
Hasn't played a game at that time, so I'm not sure why he would drop, but I think a lot of people were worried about his tackling, that he's just a cover corner, um, a little handsy. How is he the kind of guy? I'm curious because in this league, you need corners, and we see what the Dolphins have done with Xavier Howard having a lockdown. Boy, it'd be nice to have Xavier Howard on one side and Greedy Williams on the other for the next few years. Or do you take him and then flip Xavier Howard? I, I'm to the point now where I really think that they, they're they committed to Xavier Howard. And, and so even if you were to get a Greedy Williams, he's the best player on your board, if you could turn Howard and his potential new contract into a first-round pick next year, mm-hmm. you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. I yeah. like Xavier Howard. And I think that they're they're getting ready to lock him down as as I think they should. I think cornerback is so funny. We talk about building between the lines and the Dolphins right now. What was the stat you told me recently that you read that they haven't they did not have zero a single lineman last year, right? Zero on either offensive yeah. or defensive. Which is line. really incredible in this day and age of the NFL. And that tells you. By the way, Chris Greer saying he had the draft party. It wasn't a good call last year. Then you better you better <laughs> concentrate on those lines this year. And and again, they have so many things to fix that. Corner may not be the biggest need, but it is a need. It's not the biggest need. Uh, the only thing, the only position the Dolphins shouldn't be drafting right now is, again, tight end because they've got 18 on the roster. Uh, I, I don't, you know, when you look at linebacker, they, they took up, they've taken a couple linebackers in McMillan and, and uh, Baker in the last few years. I mean, could they go in that direction? Sure. If they're in love, you know, if, if a white slips or in their love with the Devin Bush, could they sure? I just don't see it happen given the way they like their young linebackers. I don't see that being a possibility. So pretty much it comes down to the lines, mm-hmm. whether they fall in love with a quarterback. I don't see a receiver. You know, you, you, you mentioned Metcalf. I don't see a receiver you take at the 13-18 range yep. if you're the Dolphins. I, I just agree. don't. Maybe later rounds. There's plenty of – I think it's actually a pretty deep receiver draft for middle-round receivers, but not in the first. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you are you are the fan of the trade down. I am the fan of the trade down uh, – because there's enough depth mm-hmm. at the positions that you really need. And, and again, to go back to your Greedy Williams question, I wouldn't throw the remote, but I, I, I wouldn't like it. And, would, yeah. and only because you, you completely neglected the lines last year. And, and so I think you really need to load up you. there. I'm with you. And, and there are going to be so many good lines, so many first-round quality linemen you can trade down yeah. and get someone at 20, 22, 24 – that in many years would go top 10, either on the defensive or offensive line. So I, that's where the value is when you need players at every spot, especially on the lines. That's where I'd go. One more mention, our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Yes, we've been waiting for it. The, the highest, richest sound effects in the business, man. Yeah, we, we, we spare no expense spare no expense here. in the Miami Sports Pod. It's time for the first annual, which we don't know if it'll be annual because it's the first one, and we don't know if we'll do this any year, every year, but it is the first annual Miami Sports Pod NFL mock draft, courtesy of myself and Clay Ferrero. Clay, we're going to go through the picks. Uh, we have not discussed this, which is probably stupid. We have not uh, we, <laughs> we have not uh, broken down it. Again, we've discussed this enough that we, we kind of know where we're going with this, so we're going to go right down the list. Here are the ground rules. There are no trades. We are okay. not. There may be trades in this draft, and there likely will be. Josh Rosen is is being rumored. Obviously, the whole deal, whatever. Teams. Clay already mentioned if he's the Dolphins, he tries to move back. I get it. 
It's going to happen. We're not going to predict that. We're just going to go right down the draft order as it stands, as we tape this week, as we enter this week of the NFL draft coming up first round on Thursday, that we're going to go through all the picks and make our picks. So let's start, Clay, with pick number one. The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. I think it's simple for me. I think there's no doubt they're going with Kyler Murray. So are we going you pick one, I pick no, one? Give or me we pick. Go, give me your pick. I, I like to, let's, let's go with different uh, different idea. I like, I'm with you on Murray. Kyler Murray. Yep. All right, this is where I don't want to say it's tricky because I think we all agree that the next two or three players will are probably locked in as far who the players are. Mm-hmm. The question is, is who actually takes them. Yep. San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to say as much as I think Quinn and Williams is the best player in this draft, I, I don't see them passing on Nick Bosa. I'm with you. 100%. So now it gets to the, the fun part with the Jets. There have been rumors that the Jets are one of those teams that wants to get out of this three spot. Mm-hmm. They can go in a number of ways. Look, they could use a defensive presence as an edge rusher, as a, as a penetrator, someone defensively, but they can also use someone to protect Sam Darnold. I don't know if you take a Jonah Williams or, 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 or Taylor this high from the offensive line perspective. I think if you're the Jets, unless someone swoops in and gives you some great stuff to go get a quarterback, I think you have to take Quinn and Williams. Hmm. And see, I was leaning Ed Oliver, uh, but I, I think the, the idea is the same. Uh, you you want to fortify the interior defensive line. And, and I mean, the Josh why- Allen is obviously another one. I think a lot of mock drafts have had them taking Josh Allen. I just don't – when I look at Quinn and Williams, he's the most draft – out of the draft, the most NFL-ready player. Let's go with Quinn. And, then, and part of the reason why I was torn between the two and uh, Dion Jeremiah said something that uh, I had forgotten about, that Greg Williams coached Aaron Donald mm-hmm. with the Rams. And Ed Oliver projects more similarly yeah. to Donald if you're yeah, looking at that penetrator type. Yeah, and quick, yes. really explosive. explosive. Quick, yeah. Whereas Williams is bigger. Uh, but he does everything well. So that's the safer pick. We'll go with Quinn and Williams All right, there. number four. So we've gone with, you know, again, we've stayed to, to form Kyler, Bosa, Quinn, and Williams. A, a lot of mock drafts have Josh Allen at three because the Jets do need a pass rusher. It wouldn't be surprising if they went in that direction, which drops then Allen to the four range. And I think if you're the Raiders and you're John Gruden, I, I think you look at a guy like that, having lost Khalil Mack, or in their case, having given him away. But I get it. They got a lot of draft picks out of it. I think you got to go with Josh Allen and just get the best pass rusher that's on the board. I'm with yeah. So we'll go Josh Allen four to Oakland. So that brings up Tampa Bay at five. Tampa Bay at five is, is an interesting one. Mock drafts everywhere have Devin White as their guy. Mm-hmm. I I think they're going to take Ed Oliver. I think they're going to look at Ed Oliver as a guy. You know, they had McCoy there for so long. I think they're actually going to take Ed Oliver. And as much as Devin White has been the popular pick and very well could be the pick at linebacker, it's hard to pass on a guy like Oliver. So we're going Oliver at five, and then very quickly of the five defensive linemen that that we felt were the elite guys, we're left with only one now in that four sweat. Gone. And and by the way, those four, I I think it's more four that are unquestioned. Those four are unquestioned. I I think the shock would be if any one of those four fou- fell out of the top ten. So yeah. five, we've got Ed Oliver going to Tampa Bay. So that brings us to up to your. New York football Giants. See, the Giants, everything is rumored that they are looking at Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. Could they pull the trigger here and take Daniel Jones or Drew Locke? Absolutely. And and it goes back to my point. If you want your quarterback and you really believe you have a franchise quarterback, take him. Don't mess around. Don't wait to 17 or or don't think about trading up from 17. So here's I'm going to say I'm going to make my pick, but it's not going to be the quarterback. 
But I will say this, and I know I'm hedging my bets a little bit here. If the Giants want their quarterback, take him here. Mm-hmm. Just take him here. Don't mess around. Don't try to trade it from 17. Don't wait to 17. Take Daniel Jones or Drew Locke, whether we agree with it or not. I don't think either of us would agree. Drew Locke, I like, so I could almost stomach it. And Haskins, you know I like. I just don't know if, given everything that's been talked about, I, Haskins has just fallen off the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're the Giants at this point, to me, Man, I, I think you got to go with the best defensive player. And that to me, that's between Montez Sweat and Devin White. And believe it or not, I would go with Devin White. Mm. I would say get a linebacker and get a stud linebacker there and go from there. That would, I don't know if that's what the Giants are going to take, but that's who I would take. Well, I, I don't know if the, the Giants front office knows their needs as much as you do. <laughs> so it get them and me. call me. There you go. So I, I'm, I'm on board with that. And again, I think you're starting to see, you know, you always paint these scenarios with the NFL draft where – guys could start to slip a little bit and where where certain teams they look at their board and they're really sold on one player in particular and so when a Montez Sweat starts falling and they've kind of already talked themselves into someone else and nobody's going to question wherever Montez Sweat goes but right there hey okay the Giants have a guy that they really like and they're going to end up going Devin White there so yeah maybe a little bit of a curveball there but that brings us up to Jacksonville this is where we start I think after this point it starts to become a free-for-all because you've already kind of gotten through the five or six even Devin White in a way Devin White's a guy that could drop to eight nine ten eleven twelve you know there's no doubt about it I just like him there when I get to Jacksonville I see a team that probably wants to protect Nick Foles and wants to protect their quarterback I have Jonah Williams the lineman from Alabama going here I've I've got my guy Dillard what do you think uh, that's between a, that's those fair. two? Yeah, take right, it. I mean, you also have Jawan Taylor. You know, let's face it. At this point, it's just, you know, it's flavor of the month. Yeah, exactly. you think exactly. is the best offensive lineman. I think it happens to be Jonah Williams. I think some people think it's Jawan Taylor. I think others, like you said, Dillard has, has jumped into that top ten. You move on to Detroit. This is an interesting one because I think Detroit, I, they have they need to have a lot of needs. I think that, I think they take a chance on Rashawn Gary. I think they mm. take a local kid here. I think they go for the upside of Gary as, as all the potential in the world. Uh, who, again, didn't produce, but I think they go defense here and take Rashawn Gary. All right, so we've got Gary then going to, let's see, we had Dillard going number eight to seven to Jacksonville. I had I had uh, Jonah Williams. And you've got uh, Rashawn Gary now going eight, eight to. And who do, you like, who do you like there at eight to Detroit? I'm going to go Jonah Williams there. Okay. So yeah, it's a possibility. All right, so I'm going to go. You, you, we're talking about very good players here. All right, so number nine, we get into the nine range. We get into Buffalo, and obviously of interest to the Dolphins, given that they're in the division. This is where, again, I think Montez Sweat goes here. I think okay. Montez Sweat ends up in Buffalo. Could easily be Gary, too. He's a guy that I like as well for them, but I think Montez Sweat goes there. Uh, let's see. Sweat Buffalo. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. You, you sold go. me on that. Okay. Now we get to 10-11. This is where I think everyone thinks those quarterbacks, if these teams haven't traded up to that top five, everyone thinks these quarterbacks are going there. Denver-Cincy has been the most popular spot for Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins, and I'm going to okay. be as lame as I can be. <laughs> I'm going to say 10-11 are going to be Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins. I'm going to say Drew Locke to Denver and Dwayne Haskins to Cincy. I'm on board with both those. And and Haskins seems to be getting linked more and more with Cincinnati at, at 11. So you've got Locke. 10 to Denver, mm-hmm. and then 11. We got – okay, good to go. I'm going to go 12. I'm going to go Green Bay. I'm going to say TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to say the tight end. I, I'm I'm going to go Rashawn Gary there since he's not gone yet. On, on your board, board, he hasn't gone yet. Yeah. So uh, you've got Hawkinson, and then I've got Gary. So mm-hmm. that Which brings, brings us, us to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> so in, in my draft, Dillard is gone. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Gary just went. I'm trying to see the difference between yours and mine. Mm-hmm. So in your draft, Dillard's the only one left, and Sweat's gone. So Dillard is really the the guy who's left. And quarterback-wise, you've got Daniel Jones. Right. Uh, if you're interested in going in that direction as a guy. Uh, I This is where I sit with the guy that I want along. This is where I take Christian Wilkins at 13 and don't even – don't even think about it. Just take. Could they take Dillard? Could they take Cody Ford? Could they even think about Greedy Williams here? Sure. Uh, could they look at quarterback again? If they're really in love with Daniel Jones, go ahead. But I don't see it. But I would take Christian Wilkins. Okay, we'll go with Wilkins then, both at that spot. I wonder how that makes Dolphin fans feel. 14. Now you're getting into, again, these teams that have many needs. Uh, 14, I see Atlanta going Brian Burns, kid from Florida State, uh, pass rusher, a uh, little light. People wonder if if he needs to put on some weight or how much that'll translate to the NFL. But I love the fact that he can get to the quarterback. I love I love his his athleticism. I, he's a guy I really like, and I think that's a, that's kind of a position of need for the Falcons. Okay, I'm there with you. And uh, so in your draft, you're going pretty true to form. To me, in my draft, the one guy who's fallen a little bit is Hawkinson. Boy, I don't I know if he falls that far. He's probably a right. top ten talent. And that's the thing, though, when you look at the but but you know what though somebody needs, will fall. It happens every year. Yeah, I say that knowing that every year players fall, and it could absolutely be him. It could be a lineman. It could be a, one of the defense. Look, Montez Sweat could be sitting there at thirteen for the Dolphins. You know, it's true. Then, so true. I, I think when you look at fifteen, this is where it gets interesting. Washington, I've got them going with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm there with you. Yeah, I think I think this is where they take their young quarterback. So so then the Giants are sitting there, a little frustrated. Yeah. That just happened to them. All right, uh, then 16, Carolina Panthers, they're going to need to replace Greg Olson, so that's reminiscent Hawkinson. That's a great that, – let me tell you, that's a, that's a nice pickup. Uh, Carolina, though, I hear I'm going to go with uh, – I haven't had Andre Dillard leave, so I'm okay. going to take Andre Dillard. Makes sense. To Carolina at 16. So we're back We're back online now where both yeah. of us have had the same 16 guys go. Pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. When you get to 17, you get to that second Giants pick. This is where I think a lot of people thought they might pull the trigger on a Daniel Jones if he's there. And again, if they really wanted Daniel Jones, I think they would move up in that Dolphins 13 range or mm-hmm. Packers 12 range to get him. So, But we're not doing trades. So I'm staying put with the Giants. Daniel Jones is gone. They already took a linebacker. I love the fact that Devin Bush is still there. So in this draft, boy, it would have been nice to maybe have taken a, a, a Montez Sweat there and, and land a Devin Bush here. Mm-hmm. But they already took White in my draft. So I'm going to go with another position of need for them, and I would go with uh, Dexter Lawrence, big mm-hmm. nose tackle from Clemson, one of those big, you know, producers. You know, Cle- Cleveland Farrell is a guy that they could – that would probably be my number two. Mm-hmm. It really depends on what the Giants want to do. Could they get Farrell here, the, the pass rusher, given that they took a linebacker? Absolutely. But I think what Dexter Lawrence does what, to clog things up, you know, I, I like him uh, in this spot. It could To me, it's Farrell Lawrence as my draft goes. But in this case, I would take Dexter Lawrence. And uh, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, 18 with Minnesota. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, the center. Their, their interior offensive line is a total mess. Total mess. They, they badly need help there. So that's where I was going to go with that one. Yeah, I would say uh, Cody Ford. Okay. I'd say Cody Ford there at 18. Uh, he's a, a, one of the last tackles left, I think, at this point. You, 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 know, you go in that direction. Okay. 19, you've got Tennessee. Uh, see, 19, that's an interesting spot for Tennessee. I think they could use pass rushers as well. I think Cleveland Farrell goes here. Okay. I mean, they got a, they got a veteran, obviously, in Cam Wake that they, you know, but I think I think Farrell is a guy that, that, that would fit well there. I'm on board with that. All right, let's keep going here. We got 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. See, I think the Steelers, post-Antonio Brown, this is where uh, they get another Brown, a little mm. Hollywood Brown in this I, spot. I like that. I like that. And that's where, you know, we're talking from a Dolphins perspective – 
it doesn't make sense right now. Mm -hmm. But from a Pittsburgh perspective, you're losing Antonio Brown. You want somebody to pair Mm -hmm. with Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm on board with that. 21, I go with your favorite spot, Seattle, your favorite guy, DJ Metc- uh, DK Metcalf, excuse me, DK Metcalf at 21. All right. Um, I think that they're a, a team that's in position to go out and try to get a, a receiver as well. And Seattle's always been a weird team here. They just re-signed uh, Russell Wilson to the $140 million contract. I think you got to get him more weapons. He's either Doug Baldwin's and these guys that they've had that they've been solid producers. I think you got to try to get a home run hitter. And while we both, neither of us really love Metcalf, I think he's probably the one in the draft you say has got the most potential just from a skill set standpoint. And that's where Hollywood Brown would have been a perfect fit. But I'm going to go my favorite receiver in the draft, A.J. Brown. It's a good pick. I love that guy. 22, you get to Baltimore. This is an interesting one uh, to me because I think Baltimore, you know, could they use a receiver as well? For uh, for uh, could could an AJ Brown go here? You know, to to Baltimore, could they could a guy like uh, Metcalf if he fell, or Hollywood Brown if they fell, go there mm-hmm. at twenty two? I absolutely think so, but it, it's a tough spot. I think this is where I go, Garrett Bradbury. You know, you mentioned him mm-hmm. earlier, a few picks earlier. I could see them, you know, again trying to make sure that this is a run oriented team with Lamar Jackson running things. To, to help and protect and get some protection in the middle, I think that's a good spot for him. I, I like that. I'm probably then, since Cody Ford is still there on my board, I'll probably mm-hmm. go Cody Ford. 23, Houston, give me Greedy Williams. Yeah. I think that's where Greedy, if Greedy's fallen a lot, again, he's a guy who's a top 10 pick potentially, but I think that's a good spot for him. Okay, I'm down with that. 24, you got Oakland's other pick. I think they also go corner. I like uh, Byron Murphy. Uh, corner from out west in, in Washington. I okay. think he's a good. That's a good spot for them. Uh, you know, they like the Dolphins have a lot of needs, but they also have a lot of picks. So okay. it's a good position. All right, twenty-five. The Eagles. What do you got? Mm. This is a tough one because now you're getting into the. You know, you're really getting into the next round of, of guys. I, the Eagles love their running backs. This wouldn't be a Ooh. bad spot for Josh Jacobs to go. Yeah, we and and he's he's fallen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go Jacobs, and I like okay. that you talked me into it. Colts, I, this is where I go with A.J. Brown. Okay. I already, you know, I, I think this is a good spot for him. Okay. Let me tell you, if we're going to go, I think this guy would be a, a perfect complement to T.Y. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Hakeem Butler. Okay. I know it's a reach. Nikhil Harry is another one that could be there. I love that guy. Yeah. Love okay. That yeah, guy. You know what? It, look, teams, we say this knowing we're going to be so far off because sure. every mock draft is. But in theory, we're just going by. There are going to be surprises where you kind of roll your eyes and look and say, well, that's a little early. That's that guy fell a lot. Uh, 27, you got Oakland's next pick. I think Oakland loves to take chances, you know, and, I, and especially Gruden I, on just talent. And I talked earlier about passing up on talent. It's hard to pass up on a Josh Allen. I think Jeffrey Simmons, the, uh, the defensive right tackle there. from Mississippi State, is an interesting one that I think certainly could uh, could be there. I was going to say the exact same thing. Let's go to 28, uh, the L.A. Chargers. I, I'm going to go line. Uh, it could be defensive or offensive, but I'm going to go with Greg Little, offensive tackle. I think the Chargers, again, they want to protect Rivers and what he's got left, and I, and I think it's a good uh, – they're, they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So I think fortifying the lines is a good way to go, and I think he's a guy that's going to be there and, and, and could be a good pick. Perfect. Now you get to the Chiefs. You know, this is a tough one. The Chiefs, I think, need a pass rusher. The best pass rusher I see on the board – is the all-time sack leader in the NCAA, but it comes with a lot of questions. But mm-hmm. I, I think Jalen Ferguson, this would be a good spot for Ferguson to, to drop in. That's interesting because it, with him, the question is more about athleticism mm-hmm. and competition. And that's uh, you get him in that system right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm on board with that. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Thirty, you got the Packers. We already had them earlier. What I had them taking a, a, a tight end, if I'm not mistaken. This is where I took Hawkinson earlier. Okay. Um, 
I think this is a position where they go to the best wide receiver and get a, get another play. You know, Aaron Rodgers is in all the stuff that's happened with Mike McCarthy and now the new coach. And I think Nikhil Harry, I think, is a good fit here for, for them. Harry's a guy. And, again, you get into that grouping of wide receivers. No one really stands out. Yep. But on the list of what I have here, potential guys still available about that position, Harry's a guy that I think would be a nice fit there. Okay. What do you got? Anybody? I know. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. 31, you got the Rams. Uh, Rams are an interesting one. Uh, I, th- I think they get boring. I could see like a tackle. If Little's not gone, I could see Little going here. Or, you know, when I just look straight board on guys that are listed, a Dalton Risner from Kansas State offensive tackle, mm-hmm. that's a, a flexible guy that can move around the line a little bit. I think he's the kind of guy they may go after. Okay. And I think New England, boy, New England, you wonder what they do here. It, the last pick of the draft of that, of that you know, the quarterbacks are gone from the so-called, you know, you got the full quarterbacks already that are gone the, the, that seem to be first-round picks. So I, I, I think they, at some point, would love to go quarterback, but I don't think they go for a Will Greer or get it. I think those are more second-round guys, third-round guys. I could see them playing it safe and going with a cornerback. Uh, cornerback uh, DeAndre Baker of Georgia mm-hmm. is available. He's a guy that certainly, uh, you know, could be there. Uh, any other guy that stands out with you? No, he was the first one that jumped into my head. Okay. How do you feel about their mock draft? I think uh, it's going to be just as wrong as everybody else's. It's going to be the worst mock draft that you listen to ever. <laughs> but we're going to go back and w- if we get one pick right, we're going to celebrate and say the greatest mock draft ever. We got four of the thirty-two correct. I'll be honest. I spent half of my time while we were doing this trying to make sure I didn't pick somebody who was already picked. Oh. So, so I ended up just nodding my head so many times because I was like, all right, let me just try to figure out if I already taken this guy. <laughs> that's, that, that's, the way most draft room, that's the way most draft rooms work in the NFL. What is he going? Well, it's, it's funny that you and I, before we came in here, I sent you that article for Pro Football Weekly about the Giants years oh, and years ago. And how, they, how they it's messed up that guy. draft. But it's it's like I found it. It seems so easy, but then I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, man, is he, is he there? Is he gone? Is he there? Who have I taken? So, yeah, yeah. So, By the way, I, next who do time I, we do as this. As a Giant fan, fan you know I, I say this as a giant fan i want the giants that was just as the way this draft worked out um i would probably i want ed oliver or, yeah or i uh, and i and again they could very well go quarterback at six and montez sweat i took white because i just think again we're going by what we think the team's needs are and the players we like that's all you could do it, you can't get in the mind of gms and guess what they're going to do i mean we can make it lucky and get a couple right but the bottom line is these guys have their draft boards done they know who they want, who they're yep. targeting, and they're going to stay in that. And we're going to roll our eyes at a lot and pump yes. our fists at others. Uh, as far as the Dolphin fan goes, let's just hope that they stay to their plan, rebuild those lines. I don't think – don't reach for a quarterback unless you're really in love with them. And if you can get more picks, even better because this team's got a long way to build. And by the time you guys are listening to this, Will is probably going to be on his way to Nashville. And if you don't know this – the NFL draft, uh, by the way, is going to be on ABC for the first time this mm-hmm. year. But they give you guys a phenomenal dinner, an outstanding I, I meal. I thought of you last time. I was in Dude. Philadelphia, so I had Clay's dream. Anyone who, who knows Clay's, he loves peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I get to the draft. They have a media food like prior, like chicken and things like that and fish and rice. There's actually you know vegetables. Very nice meal. But during the draft, which we know is three, four hours long, that first round, I went over to get a soda, and they had a big thing of pe- a big tub of peanut butter, a big tub of jelly, and just like 50, 50 rolls of white bread, just ready with with knives and there, and just go ahead and 
Make I must have had five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches during the draft first round that year. So if they take Daniel Jones at six, you're oh going to goodness. eat like seven just to drown your sorrows. Seventeen uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. If if Kyler Murray uh, falls to three and they trade up, then you're going to eat like twelve in celebration. Oh, I'm going to be <laughs> celebrating. Yes, and if the Dolphins, you know, again, if they, I. There are very few ways. The bottom line of this podcast, there are very few ways that a Dolphin fan, you will leave the draft in that first round angry. Dolphins need a lot of help, and help is on the way. As Clay mentioned, we'll be at the draft. Hope you enjoy our coverage, and never listen to our mock draft again.